Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Rogel Aguilera Medeiros? Rogel Aguilera Medeiros was born on November 21, 1995. He lived in Cuba. He immigrated to the United States and was a permanent resident. Aguilera lived in Texas and drove a tractor-trailer exclusively in the state of Texas. He found a job with a different trucking company and eventually started driving outside of Texas. The trucking company, which was based in Houston and operated only five trucks, is now out of business. Records indicate that the company incurred 30 safety violations since the fall of 2017. Ten of them related to brakes and two of them related to their drivers not having an adequate understanding of English. On April 25, 2019, 23-year-old Aguilera was driving in Colorado. He was pulling a flatbed trailer loaded with lumber. He was descending a grade on Interstate 70 that is about 60 miles long. It runs through the Rocky Mountain foothills from the Eisenhower Tunnel to the city of Lakewood, Colorado. This long descent has areas where the grade is not too severe and other areas where it's actually going uphill, but overall it's a fairly steep descent, moving from an elevation of about 11,100 feet down to about 5,500 feet. The speed limit for commercial vehicles is 45 miles per hour. This was Aguilera's first time driving a truck through the mountains. He claimed that at some point when he was descending the grade, his brakes failed and he was unable to put the vehicle in gear to at least slow it down somewhat. Aguilera was swerving on Interstate 70, almost striking vehicles as his speed increased. He passed a few runaway truck ramps. These ramps are designed so that trucks can pull off of the grade and come to a stop safely. There are different types of ramps. Some go uphill, so the truck simply slows down. Others, called arrestor beds, are built with soft material like gravel or dirt, so the truck sinks and comes to a stop. Some of the ramps actually continue to go downhill along with the road, but they will still bring the truck to a stop. Apparently, at least one of the ramps that Aguilera saw was this type, one that goes downhill. This may have been a little bit confusing to him, although it's really not clear why he failed to pull onto the ramp. Aguilera also passed other areas where he could have navigated the truck off of the highway, which would have likely destroyed his vehicle and possibly injured or killed him, but it would have protected the other motorists on the road. The speed of Aguilera's truck kept increasing, at one point reaching 85 miles per hour. He drove on the shoulder, 
kept swerving to miss vehicles, but eventually ran out of luck. There was a collision on Interstate 70 that had traffic at a standstill. At about 4.50 p.m., Aguilera entered into this area and slammed into the traffic, causing a tremendous amount of damage and a massive fire. He damaged or destroyed 28 motor vehicles, including four other tractor trailers, killing four people and injuring many others. Aguilera was arrested and charged with 41 counts, including vehicular homicide. The investigation revealed that Aguilera was not under the influence of any substances when the collision occurred. He had no criminal history, nothing was on his driving record. The investigators concluded he did not act with intent. This case did not have to go to trial. Prosecutors initiated plea negotiations, but Aguilera would not consider anything other than a traffic ticket. Even though he had killed four people, he believed he was innocent. Aguilera claimed that he considered taking the truck into the median, but was concerned that it would flip into oncoming traffic. There was a bridge that he considered ramming into, but he was worried that the truck would explode. Now, the truck does carry diesel fuel for propulsion, but it's hard to imagine why he thought that lumber would explode. It could burn, and that would certainly not be advantageous, but lumber isn't going to explode like a gasoline tanker would. Aguilera said that he looked for the escape ramp, but passed two signs for it without seeing them. So he saw two signs as he approached the ramp, but then missed the last two signs. Aguilera called his boss on the phone. His boss said, stay on the shoulder. This became impossible when Aguilera encountered another tractor trailer parked on the shoulder. He was able to avoid that collision, but eventually he deliberately slammed into another tractor trailer in an effort to slow down. After this, he lost control of his vehicle. He said he closed his eyes and hugged the wheel. This is when the massive collision occurred. On October 15, 2021, Aguilera was convicted of 27 counts, four counts of vehicular homicide, six counts of first-degree assault, 10 counts of attempt to commit assault in the first degree, extreme indifference, two counts of vehicular assault, reckless, one count of reckless driving, and four counts of careless driving causing death. On December 13, 2021, Aguilera was sentenced to 110 years in prison. Much of this was due to mandatory sentencing laws, which of course had a minimum sentence for each crime, but also made it so that some of them had to be sentenced consecutively. The judge indicated that if he could have used his discretion, the sentence would have been shorter. Aguilera's attorney has indicated that they will appeal. Aguilera told the judge that the collision was an accident, not intentional. He said he was not a criminal, not a murderer. He claimed that he put himself in harm's way to avoid harming anyone else, a claim, of course, that is not supported by any of the available evidence. Now moving to my analysis. There are a few questions in this case. Was Aguilera actually guilty? What caused the collision? And does he deserve to spend 110 years in prison? Many people have signed petitions demanding that Aguilera be immediately released from prison. Is this the right view on this case, or is Aguilera actually a reckless killer who destroyed many lives? Before I get to the questions in this case, I want to talk a little bit about how tractor trailers are set up and how drivers descend mountains. I don't know the specifics of the truck Aguilera was using, but I will talk about common configurations here. 
A tractor is generally powered by a six-cylinder inline diesel engine. Many tractors are equipped with an engine brake that essentially turns the engine into a big compressor and creates back pressure to slow the vehicle. The driver can select two, four, or six cylinders to create back pressure, with six providing the most resistance. When descending a mountain or a hill, this allows the driver to reduce dependence on the brakes. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies, from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Years ago, pretty much all trucks had unsynchronized manual transmissions. This means that the gears simply cannot be selected by pushing the gear selector into position. The engine and transmission speed must match. New drivers will typically use double clutching to accomplish this. Experienced drivers will often use float shifting. This takes a little bit of skill, but most drivers can learn this within a few months. Most truck transmissions have somewhere between 5 and 15 speeds. Many have 10 gears. This is a common number for these transmissions. Increasingly, tractors are equipped with automatic transmissions. I'm not sure if Aguilera's truck had one. It sounds like it did not. A typical tractor has three axles, and a typical trailer has two. This means that there are 10 brakes on the vehicle. Tractor trailers use an air brake system. The engine powers a compressor, which fills tanks with air. The air is used to activate the brakes. Air pressure is also used for other things like the driver's seat and the horns, but its primary purpose is to power the brakes. If for some reason a tank or airline ruptures and the pressure drops too low, springs inside the brakes will activate them. This is a safety feature. A fully loaded tractor trailer can weigh up to 80,000 pounds, at least that's the legal limit, 
When a loaded truck is descending a grade, the brakes can get very hot. If they get too hot for too long, they start to fade. Eventually, they can completely fail. The brake drums expand, and the brakes no longer provide meaningful resistance. This is what almost certainly happened in this Lakewood, Colorado collision. Some people look at this case and think the brakes were defective, like one time when he pushed the pedal down, the brakes simply didn't respond, like they were fine and then all of a sudden catastrophically failed. That's probably not what happened. Chances are he was driving too fast, riding the brakes, or both, and the brakes became too hot to function. Brakes typically fade gradually, so Aguilera would have known that they weren't working quite as well. He could have felt the difference in the brake pedal. In addition, as the brakes get hot, they start to smoke, which is something he could have seen and smelled. When the brakes start to fade, drivers typically just pull over to the side of the road and let them cool down. Generally, when descending from a mountain, safe drivers will operate the truck at about 40 to 45 miles per hour using an appropriate lower gear to maintain this. They will run the engine brake at whatever level they need to in order to avoid over-relying on the brakes. So they might go from using six cylinders of engine braking to four, then two, then back up to four or six, but they would not take the vehicle out of gear. Because again, with an unsynchronized transmission, it might be difficult for them to get it back in gear, especially as the truck started to rapidly accelerate. If the driver needs the brake, they use it sparingly, usually for only a few seconds at a time. They do not keep their foot on the brake pedal. Moving to the questions in this case, starting with the issue of guilt, let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that Aguilera was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. Aguilera slammed his truck into park traffic, killing four people and injuring many others. The brakes on his vehicle were relatively new and in working order when his trip started. Aguilera lied to the police, telling them he had experience driving through Colorado's mountains. This was not true. He had never driven down any significant mountain. Aguilera stopped his vehicle and checked his brakes about 50 miles from the collision. He claimed they were working fine, yet he called his boss and another truck driver for advice about his brakes. Why would he do this if there was no problem with the brakes? He said he never saw his brakes smoking. This is impossible to believe. Witnesses said that he was driving recklessly hours before the collision. Moving to the exculpatory evidence, Aguilera was an inexperienced truck driver. Perhaps he did not get adequate training. He had never driven in the mountains before. He originally drove in Texas, which is a relatively flat state. Aguilera did not really have any experience descending grades in a tractor trailer. Aguilera may have been frightened to slam the truck into something on the side of the road, he almost certainly panicked. When considering all the evidence, was Aguilera guilty? Yes, I think it's clear he was guilty of all the charges for which he was convicted. In Colorado, someone's guilty of vehicular homicide if they cause another person's death using a vehicle while driving recklessly. Reckless driving is when a driver consciously disregards a substantial and unjustifiable risk. Aguilera was in charge of the truck. He was responsible for its safe operation. He failed to take advantage of opportunities to safely bring his truck to a stop. Moving to the next question, what do I think actually happened in this case? 
I think that Aguilera was reckless. He drove down the grade without any consideration for the safety of others. He was driving too fast for the conditions, trying to make good time. He may have been descending the grade in a high gear or out of gear, which is extremely reckless. Again, he said he couldn't find a gear. That suggests that he was out of gear at some point. The transmission should have never been out of gear. His improper driving caused the brakes to fade. Aguilera knew something was wrong with the brakes. This is why he stopped and made two phone calls. If he had waited a few hours, the brakes would have cooled down, but he continued on. Eventually, the brakes completely failed. When Aguilera realized that he was in trouble, he could have sacrificed himself, but he chose not to. He kept looking for a way out that didn't involve the inevitable collision. He refused to accept his fate, the one his recklessness had caused. When he eventually decided to cause the collision to slow down, he selected another truck as an object to strike. It seemed like he just couldn't resist involving another human being in this collision. After striking this vehicle, he literally closed his eyes and waited for his truck to slam into innocent people. Moving to the next question, did Aguilera deserve 110 years in prison? The pain and destruction that Aguilera caused is unimaginable. Four people dead, many people injured, all for something that was 100% preventable. Aguilera had the option of taking a plea deal and getting a normal sentence, but he decided to roll the dice. Now he wants it both ways, to have a trial and a light sentence. Aguilera is not a victim. Prison is exactly where he needs to be. This was not a case of someone failing to respond properly to an unexpected mechanical problem. Aguilera caused the problem, then failed to take responsibility. He paints this picture of a heroic truck driver trying to steer his truck to safety. He's really just a victim, too. When looking at all the weight involved in this case, not an ounce of it came from courage. Even still, 110 years does seem a little excessive given the circumstances. Usually a sentence that severe would be reserved for an intentional act as opposed to a reckless act. I think in a case like this, 25 years would be fair. I think that sends a strong message that driving recklessly is unacceptable without going overboard and keeping him in prison for the rest of his life. Moving to my final thoughts, after Aguilera was reckless and allowed his brakes to fail, his only way out was self-sacrifice, yet he did not have the courage to take responsibility for his recklessness. His incompetence, combined with panic and a desire for self-preservation, three powerful forces that were to blame for this terrible tragedy. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person that I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing; she'd invested three hundred thousand dollars with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder 
all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. <laughs>